but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. All these things will be given to us as well. Second Corinthians chapter five, uh, Corinthians 9, 10 says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. We pray that this word shall become true for us. I think it's critical for us in this 29-day challenge to understand how God works. Everything that God gives to you is always a seed. And what you do with it determines what happens thereafter. Anything that God does for you, look at it, always look at it as a seed. Uh, whatever he has given to you, any little thing he has given to you, always look at it as a seed. And remember, a seed is useless when it's stored in the in the in the house. A seed only becomes useful when it is sown, because when it is sown, it begins to grow, it becomes begins to manifest, it is able to bring a harvest. And and so it's very important just to understand that principle that anything that you'll ever see coming into your life, don't become the destination. Don't become the destination. Always consider yourself to be a receiver of seed. Whether it is love, if people have demonstrated love to you, don't become the destination of love. In turn, take that love and sow it out. Then you now, you know, it will begin to multiply. Never ever become a destination of the things that God sends to our life. Rather, always become a channel. So let go, let go, let it not die with you. Let it not end at your feet. Let's not end at, in your pocket. Let's not end in your heart. Let it not end in your in you know in your life. Become a channel. Is it a gift you have received from God? Don't sit on it. Use it. Release it. You then become a channel. Whatever it is that God sends to you, look at it always as a seed that can be planted for it to grow and continuously being a blessing. Anyway, the God who supplies and it will increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And that is one thing that I'm praying this morning, um, you know, that God will do it for you in these 29 days and that you shall be blessed uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, we remind ourselves that life's big seven. These are the key things that anything that we do when we are talking about, uh, you know, we are talking about prayer. And, and meditation, which was like yesterday, that was the subject of yesterday, and we are going to pray, you always, you know, this becomes your agenda. Pray for your family, for your relationship, for your faith, for your, you know, your health, your businesses, your finances, and how you can be a blessing to people. Always try to apply this uh, as we go through this 29-day challenge. And now, let's dive in today into our teaching this morning. Very, very important, our desires, our desires. Psalms 37, verses 4, the Bible says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I think we have also been reading Matthew where he says, Seek his kingdom and his, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Very important, powerful promise that uh, God has given unto us. And in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 7 to 14, we'll make reference to it here as well. And I think the key thing here, uh, i just like us to just focus on is, it says, he will give you the desires of your heart. Say, so delight yourself in the Lord, 
and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so this morning, as we begin, I just want you to reflect on what you desire. What is what you desire? Because God is saying he's going to give it, those desires into us if we delight in him. And you can think about the things that you desire. You're a child of God. You can desire as many things as you can. I don't know where you are. There are things I desire. There are things I'm sure you, you uh, that are not manifested that you desire. And God promises, he says, delight us in him. And he'll give us the desires of our heart. And as we turn to 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 7 to 14 here, the Bible talks of this story of Elijah uh, being um, parting or you know, hand, being handed over to Elijah. By uh, I mean Elijah handing over to Elisha. It says 50 men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken from you. I just want to pause there and just, you know, re- reflect on that statement there. He says, tell me, what can I do for you? And this morning, you know what, I believe the same thing. Uh, God is telling us, tell me, what can, what can I do for you, my son? What can I do for you, my daughter? It's, I believe it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a principle, it's a spiritual principle that is at work in our lives, that continuously God wants to bless you. He wants he wants it he wants you to have the best he wants he's rooting for you you know God doesn't want to nail you because sometimes you can you know we can feel like God is you know just waiting somewhere there to nail us down and to punish us and no no that's not God our God is a loving God who wants to do stuff for us um and and I, I think it's important to have that mind mind shift of who God is he's not just waiting there to punish you at the slightest mistake that you make no 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 on the other hand on the contrary he's there rooting for us and saying what, what can i do for you before i'm taken from you then elijah replied he said let me inherit a double portion of your spirit i want you to notice that um elisha um he didn't say let me go and check let me go and consult my you know my fellow prophets or let me um think about it or let me consider what you're asking for. No, no, no. Elisha was clear. He said, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Elisha replied. And then verse 10, the Bible says, you have asked a difficult thing. Elijah you know, said, yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. I mean, we'll, we'll deep dive into this. Um, but I like the way Elijah replied. He said, you have asked a difficult thing. I don't know when is the last time you asked God for something that was difficult. I, I want to believe that God is looking for daughters and sons that will ask for difficult things. I, I, I believe God just doesn't want us to pass by. I don't think he just wants to heal our headache. I don't think he just wants to give us a meal for the day. I believe that God is looking for sons and daughters that are bold, that will ask for things that are difficult. Um, the, and I believe we shall be the generation that will, will be bold and will, will go to the throne of, of God with, with the, with, you know, boldly and with boldness, where we shall ask things that God will look and say, wow, my son, you have asked a, a difficult thing. 
but I'm willing to give it to you. And this is what happened with Elijah and Elijah. Elijah said, I need a double. I just, I just don't want what you have got. No, no, no. I want double, double of what you have gotten. And so this morning, as we, you know, just dive into this topic about desires, the knowing that God wants to bless us with our desires, I think it's important just to understand how God works, that we need to have clarity on what we need. And then another scripture here in the New um, sorry, maybe as we finish this, as they, we are walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, the chariots of Israel and Elisha. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took all of his garment and tore it into two. I want you to notice that when Elijah was taken, uh, the promise had been given. He said, If you see me go, it's going to be yours. And then Elijah is taken up into heaven and this clock falls there. Um, there was no explanation on on how the, the power was going to be transferred. Elijah didn't give Elijah a script and say, you know, the, the clock will fall and therefore take it. No, no. You know, it just went, the clock fell. And because Elijah had been given a promise, he had been told by Elijah, if you see me go, it is yours. Immediately, Elijah was taken. Elijah stepped in there and by faith, he believed that that which he had been promised was now on him. This morning, brethren, you know, God has promised us things. And, uh, you know, when um, so God is, is, is given us his promise. And we therefore need to take the clock. We need to take the clock. The promise is given. It's there in God's word. And it's time for us to take the clock. Bible says Elisha took the clock, he took all of that garment and tore it into two. He then um, picked up Elisha's clock. Um, uh, he, took, he, he, he took all of his garment and tore it into two. You know, he removed his, you know, completely. Then he picked up Elisha's clock that had fallen from him and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloth that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. And he asked that famous question, where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked. And when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Nobody had told Elijah what to do. He had been given a promise. If you see me go, it is yours. But it took Elijah to take the cloak. It took him to go to the river and exercise the faith, exercise what he had been given to him. And when he struck the water, the water divided. And brethren, this morning, I believe God wants us to exercise the faith um, that is given unto us. Until we pick the clock and we are willing to do something, then I'm, I'm, he's talking about exercising it. We can take God's word. We can take God's promise. And we can be full of it in, in, in us. But until we start striking the Jordan River, until we start saying, where is the God of Elijah? Elijah, you will not know the power that's in it. It is the moment he began to exercise that faith, then God moved. 
And so this morning, as we continue in this um, challenge and just discussions and, you know, this conversation, I mean, there are areas in your life where you have been praying and maybe you have been expecting God and asking God to do this. And I believe it is yours. The promise is yours. I think it's time when you begin to take that clock and do something, start doing something. Strike the, the, the river Jordan, um, you know, and it could be anything. Maybe you, you have been trusting God for to start something or to get a job or do something. But the promise is yours. The power is released when we begin to action. So I thought I should mention that because I think it's a very, very important thing for us as believers. If, we, if, if Elijah had not exercised the faith, he would not have known what is in him. He would not have known that the water would be divided. It is when he began to action. And as we prepare for our missions, missions program, it is one way of striking the river Jordan and telling God, where are you, the God of Elisha? You know, God begins to move, begins to use you. And at that moment, the other prophets realized that the spirit of Elijah was now resting on Elisha. Amen, amen, amen. Let me move on. I can be there for a long, long time. I'm conscious of the time here. In the New Testament, we find the story of Bartimaeus. This is now, again, Jesus Christ himself. The Bible says they came to Jericho. I love it when you in the New Testament, every time so they came to Jericho, and now they were entering Jericho. Um, because, you know, Jesus always comes at a time. They, they are pivotal moments uh, when, when, when God shows up, when there's a shift in your life. You can be going in a particular way and until you come to a meeting and a word is spoken that just changes, you know, it shifts you completely. Just one word, one moment, and it just shifts your life completely. Um, you know, and that's the, that's the beauty of being in God's house. So anyway, they came to Jericho. As Jesus, as the disciples, together with the large crowd, we are leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. He said, call him. You know, and this morning again, the same way the conversation Elijah was having with Elisha, it's exactly the same. They said, call him here. So they call the blind man. And this morning, I know God is calling on us. We are here to receive from him. He called the blind man. And people told him, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Um, throwing his cloak aside. You know, this cloak thing, I sometimes wonder how it looks like. Because Elijah was having a cloak. Elisha was having a clock. There was some, you know, I, I, I still, try, I really would wish to see how these clocks look like. Um, you know, the robes that we see people putting on, but he threw it aside. He threw it aside. And I, I, I believe when God calls us, we have to let go of clocks. There are many clocks that represent where we are, clocks that represent the challenges that we have today, clocks that represent where we are stuck, 
blocks that represent lack of progress, like stagnation, um, you know, struggle. And, you know, this man, he left it. He left it. And I pray in these 29 days, blocks will be left. You know, things that you've struggled with for a long time, um, you know, they'll be left. You'll get the courage to come out. And, and you know, because, you know, Jesus is calling us. You know, you get the courage to, to, to get out of, of, of being stuck. Uh, to get the courage to to step out and do something, to get the courage, you know, you just got to throw the clock off. And uh, this man jumped out. And when he went to Jesus, he, he says, he came, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Verse 51, he says, what do you want me to do for you? Again, Jesus asked him that question. The man didn't say, he didn't hesitate, he didn't blink, he didn't say, let me pray. He didn't say, he said, Rabbi, I want to see. He was clear on what he wanted. The Bible says, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. But immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Now, um, these scriptures, and we just picked all of them, and there are many if you go to the Bible and search for it, you realize that most of the times, if not all the times, that Jesus did something to anybody. He asked him, what do you want? What do you want? And it just speaks about the importance of having clarity on our desires. Because the more we, we, we can have clarity on what we really desire and we are clear about it and those desires align with God's will, is, you know, those things will come to pass. They'll be, they'll come to pass. So it's a very important thing. When there's a line here, it says, what do you want? And so this morning, this 29-day challenge, and it's part of the exercise that we have for today, um, it is important to just spend time always, not once, but continuously, just being clear about what you want. And yesterday, as I was driving, as I had a long drive, uh, and so whenever you're driving, you sort of have some time to ponder over things and, and reflect on, 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 on some of these things. And I, 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 was, I was taken back to a scripture that, 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 that um, says um, when two, two agree, when two people agree, whatever you pray and ask for, it shall be done. People to agree. Uh, and, you know, when you, when you reflect on, on, on that word, on, on, you know, the power of agreement. Um, it, 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 agreement is not just like, oh, come agree with me, because I know sometimes we, 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 we do that, agree with me. No, no, it's deeper than that. Um, it is you being clear that this is actually God's will for you. And if you can be able to sit down with, with someone and he's able to sit down with you, both of you, and you say, wow, I believe this is actually God's will for your life. He says, when the two of you agree, that means you believe your faith that that is God's will for your life. You pray it shall be done. It shall be done. If you cannot con convince, not really convince, but if I don't feel that it's actually God's will for you, even if we pray, it doesn't happen. So again, it speaks about clarity. Having clarity on what you really need God to do for you. And these 29-day challenges, we desire to see God multiply us and do different things. I think just having clarity, um, not just rushing to speak to God, but being clear on exactly what you want him to do for you. And this is what we see with blind Bartimaeus, we saw it with Elisha. And of course, in the psalmist, David declares, delight yourself in the Lord, 
and you'll see his desire. So it's important to really, really understand what you desire. And so today, as we uh, just highlight how important this is, because again, as I said, if you don't know what you want, what is the likelihood of finding it, you know, finding, finding it? So you need to be clear on what you really want, because if you are clear on what you want, then you'll actually be able to find it. Um, so very important, whether it's your career, your family, your business, your, even on, if you're here, not, you're not married, it's always advisable. And you know, that's something that really helped me a lot when I was uh, preparing to, to, to get married. Remember, I had, a, I had a list, I had a full scalp. You know, those are usually, I had written down stuff. I said, you know what, if I'm going to get married, I was telling God, please, number one, she... I listed things there that were there. There were things that were non-negotiable. There were some things that were, but I listed my desires of what I would like, or what I would like God to send, you know, to bless me with. It's important because if you don't know what you are looking for, when you find it, you will know. So it's a very, very important principle. And I can go on and on about that full scope of mind. Maybe one day I'll tell you about it in more detail. But I think it is very, very important, um, you know, to have clarity on what you really want. And so um, today, as part of our exercise for today, is really to dig deep inside you and really understand what you desire. As part of the exercise, we are asking you to do, to list down at least 30, you know, 30 desires and don't even be limited by 30. That is really like, you know, we want to expand that. By the way, we could be doing this for a number of days. So you want to go deep inside you, write as many as you want, as you can. What you desire, you want a house, you want a car, you want a Ferrari, um, you want to start a new business, you want a promotion, you want chocolate, you want a house by the beach, you want you know, whatever it is that you desire. But just write it down. Dream big. You are the child of God. Till go deep inside you and really ask yourself what you really want and put it down as many things as possible. There is no limit. And then we'll now come. Well, as once you write those um, desires, you 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 will come to look at. And, you know, some of the desires that we have are natural desires. There are things that are natural to desire. But we also have a natural desires. The world is continuously broadcasting, is continuously selling. Like now uh, with um, uh, this advertising, people advertising clothes, they advertising, you know, sell and this and that. And even influencers are coming to, to, to put things for you. So there's so much things being pushed to you that you begin to desire that's actually not yours. It's just people have been marketing you. They have taken a captive of your heart and now you desire this dress. But if you ask, is it really, why do you desire it? It's because it's been so much pushed on your face, uh, but it's not really your desire. It's what you call a natural desire. Then as you write them down, you'll also realize there's what you call supernatural desires. These are desires you wonder, oh my God, why am I even desiring this? You know, every time you, you, you're you drawn to helping orphans, you're always moved by orphans. When you see small children, you, you it always moves you. You want to be near them. Or maybe helping animals. You, you see a dog, you, you you are so hurt by it. You see a dog being beaten, you are crying because a dog is being beaten. Uh, and these things touch you. Why or not? Do I get moved by donkeys being beaten or cows or, or animals? Why do I have the desire helping people taking the gospel, whatever it is, you know, when you have these desires, you realize there's what we call supernatural desires. There are desires you can't explain why. Why are you involved in this? Why am I doing here? What are you doing? Why are you, you know, you don't know why. 
We call those supernatural desires, but they're all even built in us. So as you write these 30 desires, um, you'll, you'll, we'll, we'll try to categorize them into those, into, into those three categories. Another category that we, we also uh, categorize those desires is what we what the, four, the four lenses of be, do, have, and give. Be means there are desires that you have there. You want to be to be something. I want to you know to 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 you know to be a doctor. I'm aspiring to be um to help people, or be a good wife, or be a good husband, or be a good daughter, be a good son. Uh, so every desire you write there, you can also check which one is a be desire. Then there's do desires. These are things that you want to do. I want to go somewhere. I want to travel the world. I want to, you know, to, I want to build a home or do this. Those are two desires. So among the long list of your desires, it's so good to sit down and understand which are two desires. Then there's have desires. These are things you want to have. I want to have a car. I want to have, you know, good relationships. I want to have money. I want to have this. You know, again, you also identify those ones. Then there are give desires. In your list, there are desires that are there. I want to give. I want to be able to give. You know, maybe like now we are doing fundraising for the ministry. You want to, you know, you want to be able to give creme. You know, um, you know, a million dollars or something like that, or um, whatever it is. But they are give. You know, and to be able to support and to help somebody. You know, we call those give desires. List them as well. Then the next thing that you need to do is to look at you know, with a time period that you'd want that to happen, maybe short term, maybe three months in three years, and there's some desires, you, you know, they have got no time limit. So I think it's important just to, you know, to categorize them like that. And the whole idea why we encourage you to do this, because tomorrow when we start drilling down onto those desires and going deeper and deeper into them, uh, you it, it will be a very, very important, a very useful exercise. If you get this right and we're able to crystallize what your real desires are and align them with God's will, there is nothing that God will not do for you. And it's amazing. This exercise is one of the most important exercises in this 29-day challenge. I know sometimes you can gloss over things and not really pay attention to it. I really want to encourage you with all humility to find some time and fill your book with these desires, so that as we go tomorrow and start working on them, you'll see what it means. This is the beginning of breakthrough. We wrote in the beginning miracles that we want God to perform in our lives. This ties in closely to this. When you're able to align your desires with God's will, you become unstoppable. You become a miracle magnet. That's what I'll call them, a miracle magnet. But things are just popping up in your life like this, you're like this, like this. And you don't, you can't even explain why. You can't explain how. And they're just popping, they're popping because you have aligned your desires with God's will. But every time people, you know, God moved, whether it's Elijah and Elijah, he asked, what do you want? What do you want? This exercise enables us to nail down what is it that we really want from God and why. And once we align and we agree together with you and we pray, it shall happen exactly as it is. Very important. Oh, oh, oh. Hey. Where we be?